0: Well, in this series, Heaven Come Down, we have been looking at what we should believe as Christians, why we should believe what we should believe and why it all matters. Now, I, I know that this is a little bit of a different preaching style than you're used to from me. I had somebody after uh, service last week say, Pastor, it was my first time here. I feel like I went to school, <laughs> right? I went to, I went to class, and, and I actually think we, we need that. I've always tried in my preaching to to uh, do a little bit of school, and then man, here's the thing though that God's word is meant to not just fill our heads with a bunch of knowledge. It's meant to change the way we live our lives. Amen. And so, always want to be really heavy, practical. But a lot of this has just been getting our our minds around some some truths, uh, doctrinal truths that we need to believe as Christians, right? I, I just feel like it's very very important that we that we recenter everybody on on what it is we should believe and why we should believe what we should believe and why it all matters. And again, we're looking at the essentials, not everything. We're just, what, what is essential? Essentials are what you need in order to do the thing you're trying to do. Like if you don't have these, if you don't have the essential, then you're not doing the thing you're trying to do. If you don't have a microwave, think you might pay. If you don't have a microwave, then you're not, you're not cooking, right? Because according to Mike, you need a microwave to cook, right? It's essential. So if you don't have that, you're not cooking. Uh, yeah, everyone knows that. But um, so these are the essentials of the Christian faith. In other words, if you don't have these, you're not—you are not not Christian. You're not Christian. Uh, Orthodox Christianity basically what that means is old school, old school Christianity. Like Orthodox, a big old word. I, sh- I, I should have called it old school Christianity. That's more citizens. Uh, old school Christianity. This is what what old school Christians believe, what we should believe, what the Bible teaches. And so we're looking at these essentials, right? The first one that we looked at, if you have your um, notebooks with you, remember we looked at that the Bible is is God's word to us, right? The Bible is God. If you're a Christian, you believe that the Bible is God's authoritative, inerrant, which literally means without error. Word to you. It is God speaking to you. The Bible, scripture said that it is living and active and powerful than any two edged sword, right? It's the living word of God to you and I. Okay, we all get so far. And then that word of God, we looked at why we should believe it, all the prophecy and everything else. And that word of God then begins to talk about the fact that God is three, but God is one. God is one, but God is three. And we gave that a word in Christendom, and that's the word trinity, okay? Which means tri-unity, okay? Literally took three and one, put it together, and said trinity. We made that word up um, in order to explain what, the, what Scripture teaches. We're coming off the, the heels of uh, of of looking at the Trinitarian God, I, I want to show you today another uh, another truth, theological truth that comes under a lot of attack. That I just want to settle into your heart and give you some Scripture, give you some backbone, so you can stand on some solid ground, if you get a knock at your door and someone tells you something, they're going to tell you something different than what you're going to hear from God's word today, but I need you to be able to go, hang on one second, let me go get my booklet, okay, let's go, right? Let's go, because I want to I talk to you about what, what, the, what, the Bible, what the Bible says. So what we are going to look at today is the fact uh, that the Bible teaches us that, that Jesus is God. Jesus, the deity of, of Christ, the deity of, of Jesus. See, listen, whether you are a Christian or not, Jesus is fascinating. Okay, let's just like, like, we'll put our Bibles over here for a second. We don't do this a lot at Citizens, but we're just going to set our Bible here for a second. We're just going to talk as though you're not even a Christian, you know nothing about the Bible, but you, you've heard of Jesus, like, Jesus is fascinating, whether you're a believer or not. Jesus was born to parents who are considered uneducated, think about this, <laughs> and of a low social status in an obscure place, right? Uh, Bethlehem. It'd be like being born in Fresno. I'm just kidding. I, pick a, I, have a friend, I have a friend in Fresno. I always pick on Fresno. It's like I was born in Fresno. Like, well, good luck, buddy. I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. You're not going to do much with your life. I'm just teasing. Sorry, Gordon. That's, my, that's for my friend, Gordon. Um... So, I mean, he's literally he's born in this no-name town to like to parents who of no social status. Okay, so already it's like his life's not off. There's not a lot of momentum there, you know. We go on to see like his dad was just dad's a carpenter, so of course Jesus grew up learning the trade of his father who was a carpenter. So Jesus, we know, learned the skills of carpentry. So I'm imagining that that he was ripped, which he had that going for him, right? Like. Like, right? Because carpentry, you're moving stuff around. We do know, however, according to Scripture, that that Jesus probably would not have made the cover of GQ magazine. Because it tells us in Scripture, in the Old Testament, that that Jesus, um, that there was no beauty in him that you would adore him physically. Interesting. At the age of 33, at the age of 30, he begins his public ministry at the age of 33, he's crucified. Never owned a home, never wrote a book, never held office, never had a family, never went to college, never traveled to the big city. Matter of fact, never traveled very far from the city that he was actually born in. And you look and go, there's just not a whole lot going yet. No man has ever had a greater impact on this world than Jesus, amen? No man has radically changed the scope of, listen, there's more books written about Jesus than any other man alive, more songs sing about him, more pictures painted, more more, more opinions held about Jesus than any other man on the face of the planet. He never had a college degree. Never owned a home. I'll I'll be something when I own a home. Well, Jesus was something he didn't own a home, right? Especially with these house prices lately. My goodness, everybody. Can't even rent a home nowadays. Jesus has shaped and changed everything about our planet. Matter of fact, we, we divide time because of Jesus. B.C. means before Christ. Today, there are billions of people on this planet who worship Jesus as Lord. I need you to understand who this Jesus is. Why is it, what is it about who Jesus is? Paul tells us in scripture that people are going to say all, will we'll end up saying all sorts of things about Jesus. And try to tell you all sorts of things about who Jesus is. And he wanted us to be, to be careful about that. And of course, we, we go on and we see that today there's a lot of opinions about who who Jesus is. Um, liberal theology, it's liberals—it's not liberals; it's liberal theology. Liberal theology tells us that Jesus is just a—he's just a good man, not a god, not the God man. Just a, he's a good man, right? He taught some good things, and and uh, he's just a good guy. You know, uh, the JWs will Jehovah's Witness, say that Jesus is a created being, okay. Uh, kind of like Michael the Archangel, so he is one of the angels. Uh, the Mormons will say that Jesus is not eternal God, but the half brother of Lucifer so it was God created uh, god the Father created Lucifer as an angel and, and, and Jesus as an angel Lucifer fell. Jesus actually became a god amongst many gods, which by the way, you can become one too if if you if if you know what you're doing, all right? And so Jesus is, is, a, is, a, is a God, and we are his own planet, and you will go out and have your own planet someday, and, and that's where we, where our Mormon friends are today. The New Agers uh, believe that Jesus is like a, basically a state of consciousness that you could obtain to. Buddhists say that Jesus is an enlightened man. Hindus, there's various views, but generally just an enlightened man. Islam say that he's a prophet sent by God but superseded by Muhammad. And so there's just all these different perspectives as to who Jesus is. You know, you know one of the biggest things you have to grapple, grapple with as a person? Everyone listening online, you got to grapple with as a person. Who do you say that Jesus is? It, every man and woman and child in this planet has to grapple with this fact, who, this question, who do you say that Jesus is? I tell you one thing, the Bible says that one day every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Every tongue is gonna say that someday. So here's the question, will you confess it on this side of heaven before it's too late when you're standing before the throne? See, you've got to grapple with that question. So let me help you today. Either get your heart around who Jesus is or to just reestablish this stuff in your heart so you've got some backbone. When people start coming at you with, well, my, you know, the Bible says this and we believe that, you need to be able to not just say, I believe it because the guy at church said it. I believe it because I once heard it. You need to be, I believe it because, and you go to scripture verse, you go, right, come on. And I want to just download a bunch of that into your, into your soul this morning because I believe it's going to be, I it's going to be helpful. Okay, you guys ready? Yeah. Friends, Jesus is God. He proclaimed to be God. He is God. John 1, 1 through 3. This is where we, I love to start when we look at the, uh, at, the deity of Christ. You've heard me teach on this before, many of you, so bear with me as I go into this again. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. We have this word here, the word. Word is logos, logos in, in, in the Greek. And the Greeks, when they thought of this word, they thought of the soul behind the universe. They realized that they didn't live in a chaotic planet. They realized that, the, that the, the sun and the moon and the stars all moved in perfect harmony and unison. They realized that when a, when a farmer went out to plant a cherry tree, it didn't grow You know, oranges. Like there, was, there was organization and structure to everything around them. And they said there cannot be, because they are smarter than a lot of people today, they said there cannot be design without a designer. There's got to be some kind of designer out there. And they gave this designer the word logos, okay? Uh, the Greeks, the Jews, when they heard of the word of God, they thought about the creative power of God, okay? The activity of God going out. Uh, that the world, the world was created by his word. He simply spoke, right? And the world was created. He spoke and day was divided to night. He, he spoke and the creative power of God coming out from, from the... Trinitarian God. And so that's how they thought about it. So John takes this word. He's writing to Greeks. Jews are listening in. And he goes, listen, everybody, in the beginning was the word. Everyone goes, yep, yep. There's this creative power of God. There's this soul behind the universe. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, get it. And then he says the word was God. He goes, this, this logos you guys have all been talking about. Can I, ta- can I introduce you? Can I reintroduce you to who it is you're talking about? You're actually talking about God, okay? He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And this is where the the Jews just love this because they believe this. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Everyone's good. We get down to John 1, verse 14. It then says this. The word, logos, became flesh. Let me give you the the Greek for that became flesh. The the, the Greek is incarnate. Okay, incarnate, where we get the word incarnate. It literally means wrapped in carne, wrapped in flesh. The word God became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only, the one and only son, or the only begotten son. The, the, the word there means the one, the only one that carries the same DNA as God the Father. okay. The only begotten Son who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Scripture is very clear that Jesus is God. This is, listen, friends, this is infinity became finite, timeless stepped into time, the eternal wrapped himself in the temporal. God took upon himself an additional nature. Humanity. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 say this. It says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to, to cling to. Like he goes, I, I, it's not hard for him to go, I'm God. Because he is God, is what Scripture is saying there. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges... He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Philippians 2 6 and 7 is saying that God set aside in this way that we'll never fully understand the the option of just remaining God outside of flesh. He chose instead to remain God. And it's not that he stepped away from his godness, he added to himself flesh. Born as a human being. That's what Philippians 2, 6, and 7 is saying. He didn't discard a nature, he added a, a, a nature unto himself to be, become man and walk amongst us. Everyone, follow me so far. This is the view of Jesus that separates Orthodox Christianity from every other religion in the world. Understand that. Listen to what I'm saying. Like, this is that wrestling point that everything comes down, but it all boils down to this. What are you going to do with Jesus, and I need to help you with this today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a bunch of scripture at you, and here's how we're gonna categorize it so I can keep it clean in your mind, all right? We're gonna look at his character, we're gonna look at his claims, and we're gonna look at his conduct. Say it with me, his character, his claims, and his conduct. That's just to wake you up and lock you in, ready? His character. The attributes that Jesus possesses. And a lot of these verses are in your notebooks if you have them with you. The attributes that Jesus possesses. We see that Jesus is eternal. John 1.1 affirms the eternity of Christ. It suggests his continuous existence in time past. Jesus is omnipresent. John 14.23. Christ, indwelling every believer, demands his omnipresence. In Matthew 28, 20, Christ promised the disciples, he said, I will be with you always. So he's eternal, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient. John 2, 25, Jesus knew what was in the heart of man and therefore didn't even trust man. Okay? Come on, how many of you are omniscient? You're not omniscient. You're not eternal. You're not not omnipresent. Jesus is omniscient. He told the Samaritan woman her past history, even though he had not even met her previously. And he's omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful. Come on, somebody, he's all-powerful. He had the power to forgive sins. Jesus walked around, he has the power to forgive sins. He just walked around forgiving people. Your sins are forgiven. you. Can you imagine? I just walk around and go, Mike, your sins are forgiven. you, right? That guy, I don't have the power to do that, Mike. It's not on me. Jesus did. Jesus had the authority on, on heaven and earth in all authority in heaven and earth in Matthew 28, verse 18, it's his character. What about his claims? What did Jesus say that points us to the fact that he's God? John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus says this, John 6, 38. I think I have John 6, 38. He says this, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Okay, I need you guys just for a second. Look at me everybody, like just, I know you're writing notes, but look at me for a second. Think about how audacious this stuff is. Like Jesus is, we read this stuff and we don't put it into like reality context sometimes. It's like some of y'all are still stuck like on flannel boards and you picture Jesus like stuck to the flannel board and it's just a cute little story. No, like Jesus, this, this man is walking around. He goes, can you imagine, I walk in today. Hey, everybody, just big announcement. I wanna let everyone know. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me. You guys be, this guy's a lunatic. This guy's nuts. nut. Like, but Jesus is going, listen, I want you to hear it. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me. Jesus isn't claiming that he had near death experience and went to heaven and then came back down from it. No, he's saying I, 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 was, I was in heaven and I came down from, from heaven, okay? Um, Jesus claims he was sinless. Try that one on for size, right? Like John 8, 46. Which of you can truly accuse me of sin? And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Can you imagine with that, like if I was in an argument with my, my wife and I, I just needed like a trump card, I just needed to be like, listen, just try and accuse me of sin. Can you imagine if, can you, can you could? how would that work out for you? Like I dare you. Point out one thing I've done wrong in my life. Go ahead. Like i would busted before I get to church in the morning, right? You know what I mean? Like, but Jesus is like, hey, y'all, why is everyone freaking out? Look at my life. Show me one thing I've done wrong. Silence. He's 30, He's had 30 years at this point to do something wrong. But Jesus, is just, look, the, the audacity... Of Jesus to walk around just going, go, try me. Like, what have I done wrong? I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Jesus does it. Why? Because he was sinless. Christ claimed to, that, that, that he was sinless. Listen, he claimed he would judge all people as God. Again, try this one emphasize, right? Matthew 7, 22-23. On judgment day, many will say to who? Me. Jesus is talking, on judgment day, a bunch of y'all are gonna say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied, you know we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Try that one someday. Don't you mess with me, because someday you will stand before me and I will judge you. That's crazy. Jesus is saying these things. Why, because he is God, and only he as God can say these things. He claimed he would judge all people as God, okay? And get this, he actually claimed, he said it very clearly. A lot of people, I want you to think about, this is one of the, like if you've been having a hard time with everything else we've been going through, lean into this one really quick, okay? Because this, this is your like go-to. A lot of them, they're all go-tos, but like this one's like, because here's what a lot of people are going to say. You get to knock at your door. Well, G- Jesus actually never said he was God. I want you to do something. When, when people ask you to say, why in the world did they crucify him? Why'd they crucify him? They didn't crucify Jesus because he was, you know, walking around loving on people and walking around forgiving people. They are walking around uh, passing out food to everybody. They they didn't crucify. You know why they crucified Jesus? Because Jesus, they knew what he was saying. They knew that he said he was. They knew he was claiming to be God. Well, watch this really quick. He claimed he was God. And get it. get, Get this. Many other. All other religions, a lot of the religions will say that Jesus never said it. So, John 8 58, Jesus is talking to his Jewish friends and he says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was, before Abraham was even born, I am. Now, now get this, get this. Hey, y'all know Abraham, right? Okay, Father Abraham. And many sons, right? Come on, his sons at, adv- okay, so, right? So many of you, all, everyone who's never gone up at church looking looking like, these people. <laughs> so he goes, hey, you know Abraham, okay? You claim to worship his God, right? Okay. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Before Abraham was even born, I was around. And it's bigger than that even. Before Abraham was even born, listen, I was in existence, I was, I was, I was, they're going like, wait, hold up. You're like, you're in your 30s. Abraham's been gone for like almost, like, like thousands of years. Like, how does this make sense? And the word he uses there, he says, I am. Where does that come from? Moses, he's at the burning bush. Uh, you know, okay, the, I, I always, I got to. Maybe you haven't heard the story, right? Moses is wandering around in in the desert. God is getting ready to do a great work and leading the children of Israel out of slavery and into the promised land. And God wants to do this work. He chooses to do it through this man named Moses who's just humbly walking around with a bunch of sheep in the desert. God needs to speak to Moses. And so what does he do? He lights this bush on fire, but it's not on fire. It's burning, but it's not being consumed. Moses goes over to check out the burning bush. And as he does, he meets with God. God says, you're on holy ground, and here's this work that I have for you, and, and, and he downloads to Moses the next steps of what he's supposed to do. You're gonna go to the Pharaoh. You're gonna say, let my children go, and all this, and Moses gets ready to walk away from the burning bush, and he's thinking to himself, okay, so I'm gonna go. Okay, he's doing all this time. I'm gonna go to the Pharaoh. I'm gonna tell them, hey, I was out in the desert in this bush, and the bush said to let, oh, that's gonna be weird. <laughs> I can't tell the Pharaoh that the bush said to let my people go, Right? That's weird. So he goes he goes, "Who who should I say sent me?" Like what <laughs> whose presence am I in right now? What is going on? And God reveals to Moses his name. Matter of fact, it's this name that's sacred to uh, orthodox jews matter of fact they don't even utter this name because they think it's a, the, the name is so the name they believe the name to be so holy and pure that they don't even they don't even say it matter of fact when they're writing scripture they would take out consonants so that the the so that you'd just be left with YHWH that's this word here cuz so they don't want to say it it's so holy and god says to moses tell them that i am sent you i am Yahweh. Jesus reaches back. He goes, you want to know who I am? Before Abraham was, I am. And he uses this sacred word that that they knew was the name of God. And now hear this man, Jesus, is saying, that's who I am. That's me. All right? Matter of fact, John goes on 7. Different times, if you want to do some some Bible study, the seven I am statements of the book of John, right? He says, I am the bread of life, I am the door, I am the way, the truth, the life. I am. Every time he says that, he's using this 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 word. Remember when the when the uh when when Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus and they went, they went and gathered the whole army and they all came to Jesus, and Jesus is here with a few of his disciples, and there's this battalion, like hundreds and hundreds of soldiers marching to get this one guy. God, that is funny. I don't care what you say. Like they knew something about Jesus. We got to bring a lot of people. It's one guy. Why someone freaking out? They bring everybody, you know. And then you got beating a sword it lobs off a guy's ear. He's like, Let me pick that up. I to, puts it back on the guy, right? Like, it's, this is great. And they're like, they're like, oh, we're we're here to get Jesus. And then what does Jesus do? He goes, I am. And the, and when he does that, it says that they all fell over. It's just like, it's just that Jesus just flex a little bit. It's like, boom, like slow. Like, you coming. in, all oh, y'all. And he's like, hey, I've been in the courts daily. Why don't you get me Then Why do you have to send a battalion? He's trying to, he's trying to intensify the point. He's like, why are you sending all these garrisons to come and get me? He's like, you know that there's something in me. You know that I'm, that, that I am who I say, you want to, I, oh, like, boom. And wipes, knocks them all over. You hear all the stuff clinking and they all get themselves back up. What is he saying? He's like, I'm in complete control of this situation. So, like, if I'm I'm gonna go with you, but only because I'm choosing to go with you. You're not taking me. Matter of fact, those nails that you're about to put in my my hands, that's not what's gonna hold me to the cross. It's I'm doing it out of my love for you, very people who are betraying me right now. Right? Amen. That's Jesus just in control of the whole time. Matter of fact, you could you could dig it and watch. Watch Jesus constantly going, my time has not yet come, my time has not yet come, my time. He's in control of it all. Like he's just letting it play out the way he would go because he is God and he's in control. So now watch this. Jesus says, I am. Watch the response from the Jews who heard him say that, John 8, 59. John 8, 59. Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. They took up stones to throw at him. Why? Because they knew what he was saying. They, were, they knew he was claiming to be God. Matter of fact, when he's on trial before Judas Iscariot, they say, Jesus says, uh, Jesus begins to explain who he is, that I've come down from heaven. And, all, and they say, Blasphemy. Which means he's saying that he's God and he's not God. They don't think he's God, right? So the reason they crucified him is not just because he was a good guy. They, they crucified him because he, he claimed to be God. He's actually super clear about that. John 10, 13 and 33. Let me show it to you. I and my father are one. Then the Jews, again, they took up stones to throw at him. <laughs> they, they love to do this to Jesus. Jesus answered them, hey, Many good things I have shown you from my father. For which of these works do you try and stone me? Why are you guys trying to kill me? Here's a great verse for you. Why are you guys trying to kill me? Goes on to say this. The Jews answered and said to him, for a good work, we don't want to kill you, but for blasphemy, and because you being a man, make yourself God. Hey. Hello. Okay do you believe the Bible? Do you believe this is God? Okay, come with me. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what's going on, right? They were trying to kill Jesus because they knew clearly he was claiming himself to be God. Look at his conduct with me real quick. Last one. Conduct. He performed miracles. I don't know when the last time he performed a miracle was. John 10, 36 to 39 it says, Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy because I said I am the son, because I <clears throat> because I said I am the son of God? Do you not believe me? Unless I do the works of my father. Jesus is saying this. He goes, um, you guys are saying I'm blas- it's blasphemy that I'm saying I'm the son, son of God. But why don't you believe me? Why, why are you having such a hard time with this? Go on. If I do these works, even though you do not believe me, believe me for the work's sake, is what he's saying. Just look what I'm doing. That you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. If you don't believe that the Father is in me and I am in the Father, that I'm a, a part of this thing that Pastor Chris talked about last week, the Trinitarian God, right? If you don't believe that I am, okay, just look at what I'm doing. Okay, let's look at what he's doing. When's was the last time you turned water to wine? When's the last time you, you just decided that, you know, you wanted to get from here to there, that there's a, a little ocean in your way, a lake in your way, and you're just going to walk across it. When's the last time you did that? Like, Jesus, look around. When's the last time you had a, had a, had a party and, and the wine ran out and the food ran out and you tapped the shoulder of one of your friends and, you know, they were like, oh, hang on a second, and you just just multiply all the food? Never done that. So Jesus, just look around. Look around at what's happening. How are you gonna explain that? There's no other way to explain that, Jesus is saying, except for the fact that I am in the Father, and the Father is in, in me. He performed miracles. The resurrection of Jesus Christ being the cornerstone. He told people to pray in his name. Okay, his conduct. We're at his conduct. John 14, 13 14. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Here's another one of those ones. Can you imagine? A, uh, you know, just just ask in my name and I'll do it for you. Just go ahead. And, like, no one says that. Jesus says that. Why? Because he's God. He received worship. We're commanded in scripture to worship God and God alone in Deuteronomy six thirteen the fundamental principle of Scripture. Everyone knew that. All the Jews knew that. Yet Jesus received worship throughout Scripture. John 9, 35 and 38 is one instance. Let me give you one last one. He forgave sins. Mark 2, 1 through 12, Jesus is walking around and go, your sins are forgiven you. Watch. But some of the teachers in the religious law who were sitting there uh, to themselves saying, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Like Jesus is walking around, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. This is the story of when the, the man is, is uh, the paralytic is lowered down from the roof. Jesus, he heals his body, okay? Gets up and he walks. And then he says, your sins are forgiven you. And they're like, you can't say that. Only God could forgive sins. Like Jesus is like, that's right. Are y'all following, like, right? This is what Jesus is doing the, the, this, this whole time. So everybody, as you look through the word of God, the word of God constantly points to the fact that Jesus, Jesus is God. And this is a, a, a truth that we as Christians hold dear. You need to grapple with who you say he is. Everyone needs to answer that question. Matthew 16, 13 and 16, last verse, it says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? That's, a, that's a, like, oh, so they're saying this, and they're saying that, and so-and-so say, and Sally says this, and, you know, right? But Jesus then narrows it down, and he, and he says this, the next verse. They say, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah. One of the other, some say you're one of the other prophets. Jesus goes on and he asks them. Then he said to them, but who do you say? Who do you say that I am? Hey, listen everybody, I just talked to you as an individual. Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? What you believe about Jesus and who you believe Jesus is will impact everything about your life there's a there's a power and authority a freedom a, a a healing a just when you are able to step into and align yourselves under the truth of just who jesus let jesus be who jesus claims to be who he actually is let jesus be who he is in your life today he is god the great theologian bono actually stealing from another great theologian, C.S. Lewis, said this. Look, Bono speaking in an interview. You go look up this interview. It's great. Bono says, look, the secular response to the Christ story always goes like this. He was a great prophet, uh, obviously a very interesting guy, had a lot, of, lot to say along the lines of other great prophets, be they Elijah, Muhammad, Buddha, Confucius. But actually, Bono goes on to say, Christ doesn't allow you that. He doesn't let you off the hook that easy. Christ actually goes on, he says, to say, I'm not just a good teacher. Don't call me teacher. I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I'm not, what what I am saying is that I am the Messiah. I am God incarnate. So Bono says this. So what you're left with is either Christ was who he said he was, the Messiah, or a complete nutcase. Again, this is stolen from C.S. Lewis. But here's what I love about the Bono. Part of it. He says this, the idea that the entire course of civilization for over half of the globe could have its fate changed and the world turned upside down by a nutcase is far too fetched for me. is, is too far fetched for me, Bono says. It's, and that's just the reality, friends. And I'm gonna tell you this, listen, every day one of us, every one of us will be face to face with God and every tongue, the Bible says, will someday actually confess that Jesus is God. Every tongue will, because there will be a moment where you can just no longer, you are standing in that moment and there is no denying. Here's, here's the choice we have to make. It's either confess it now or confess it then. When you confess, it, if it's then, it's too late. Friends, if it's now, come on. You tap into life, life more abundantly, and all that God has for you. So we each answer that question. Some of us proclaim that he is Lord, but we're not allowing him to be Lord in our life. And Christian, I wanna to talk to you about that, okay? If you say that he is Lord, let him be Lord. Come on, let him be Lord. He, let him be Lord over every, every aspect of your life. Can I tell you that he is a good God, and that he is, listen, he is Lord over your past, Do you know what he does with your past? He forgives your past, he cleanses you of your past. All the sin and shame from your past, he no longer holds over you because he went to the cross to break you from the power of the sin from your past. Jesus is Lord over your past, amen? Can I tell you, you let him be Lord over your past, you gotta let him be Lord over your future. What does that mean? It means that because of who he is and what he has done, I am anchored into heaven. I have, it says in scripture, a future and a hope because Jesus is Lord of my future. Some of you are freaking out about everything that happened in the past. And you're you're letting things from the past weigh on you right now in the present. Just to stop it. Let me be Lord of your past. Oh, but the future, the future, the future. Hey, he's Lord of your future. And let him be Lord in this present moment. Jesus said, talking to his disciples, he says, when I ascend to heaven, he goes, I need you to understand this. I'm not leaving you, for lo, I will be, what did he say, with you always. Where's Jesus right now? He's with you. Let him be Lord of the moment. Meaning in every moment, your life's just, God, what do you want? Because you're God. My job in this whole thing is just submitting and worshiping and walking with you in Jesus' name.